0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap Box. Slap Box. Welcome to the Slap Box Podcast. This is episode 467. I'm your host, Josh O'Brien. I, I do have to inform. I teased last week while I, I kinda, you know, pushed around the ideas. Spitballed, as it were. Ideas for a over-the-top sequel, Lincoln Hawk. His son going to save the family business and all that stuff. Sorry. I didn't actually go through with it. I didn't write the screenplay for Over the Top 2. I mean, I had an idea. I had an idea. Then again, you know, I've been... uh, I still have been looking into uh, reading the classic screenwriting book, Save the Cat. uh, I'm getting pretty... I'm pretty close to finishing on that one. And uh, going over some beat sheets and uh, looking at different themed movies. Like, uh, I believe Over the Top is considered a... They have, like, ten genres they go through. It's not just, like, horror, comedy. It's a little bit more involved than that. Like, uh, their genre, there's the... Uh, the Golden Fleece genre, which is basically like a road movie. It's uh, Jason and the Argonauts is uh, where kind of the Golden Fleece comes from, but it's it's a little bit more involved than that. But there's uh, I believe that's what over the top is. Is over, over uh, Golden Fleece. And unfortunately, though, I was you know really thinking about ideas, pushing it around, and I made the mistake of looking what the. <laughs> <laughs> box office revenue was for over the top. And uh, it wasn't pretty as far as budget compared to what the actual take was uh, for <laughs> over the top. Oh, and I, I can't top here. Oh, type, type, I can't talk, type, whatever. Um. <laughs> but yeah, box office revenue, I'm going to spitball or just guess this. Uh. Revenue for over the top. And I wanna say it was like they it, it pulled in like fifteen million worldwide or something like that. And the budget on that sucker uh was something along the lines of twenty six million. So, you know, apparently not everyone has quite the love for over the top Liz, <laughs> uh that I do. But uh <laughs> Damn it. Uh it doesn't say it. Let's over the top. Over the motherfucking top. Let's see here. Maybe that's that'll work better. Sixteen yeah, sixteen million. Oof. <laughs> Whereas opposed to Rocky Four. The uh, the box office revenue on that was three hundred point four million. Cobra. The also Stone Classic, which I haven't seen that one in years. Hundred and sixty million. The Specialist, which I don't remember it being that great, still grossed to hundred and seventy million. I think uh, Sharon Stones also won that. If I recall. Uh but uh, sadly over the top uh didn't uh didn't do so well. And that kinda killed my uh enthusiasm for uh writing a sequel. Now, I feel like though, you know, if I came up with a solid sequel we could really redeem over the top. I mean, I'm sure there's probably been a few movies where the first movie sucked and then the sequel just somehow a sequel was made and it was fucking amazing. Sierra, you just really doesn't uh, pop up in my head when I think about it, but <laughs> I do love, I do love over the top. Uh, I feel like somehow, you know, you, you get the goodest, Maybe a reboot would be in order, but I don't think a reboot would be plausible. And and you know, getting a studio to greenlight a film that was a, a that big of a flop at the box office is you know probably not likely. <laughs> and if you're gonna do something like over the top, it's gonna have to be over the top budget wise. This is no film on your iPhone or you know uh, film for like uh, thirty grand kind of things. This is uh, <laughs> you gotta you got to go over the top. I mean there's going to have to be some Mack trucks up in this bitch or some Peterbilt and you know the it's got to be an over the top truck at the end and there's going to have to be some some damage done with the truck. It's going to have to plow through some vehicles when his son's kidnapped. I mean if you're doing a reboot, but I it probably had to be even more over the top if it was a sequel. Just saying. It, there would uh <laughs> now I'm thinking about I'm just like, oh, fuck, there needs to be a sequel. But that, yeah. Stallone, though, I mean, I was reading something about uh, his his views on it. And, yeah, he said, uh, basically he's like, yeah, I could have done, should have done differently. uh, I don't know what he meant by this, but something that he needed more urban environments. So I guess he needed to go more in the city with things? I don't know what that would have done for the film. Not really sure. Maybe, uh, I'm sure he had more of an idea than just that. But he said it felt had too much of a carnival feel to it, and I guess a lot of people bitch about the choice of musics in it that's just like one big long music video which which I kind of love now. I kind of love that I feel like <laughs> it should uh it's kind of a window back into the eighties that's that's just how it how it is but uh <laughs> uh. Maybe I should look up over-the-top sequel. Maybe there was try Somebody tried (laughs) to do that. I doubt it. But that... Maybe that would... It would still be, I guess, a good writing project for me to just make a sequel for it. If, (laughs) But knowing... Oh, oh, I guess there's a... uh, (laughs) Is there somebody... I guess a fan-made film? Somebody already did this. I feel bad. Oh, man. I'm going to have to pull this up. There is a... over the top two, Rise of Mike Hawk. Why didn't I search this last week? Winner of some prize? Rise of Mike Hawk. I feel like this is pretty much what I was going to... Oh, oh, does he have a mechanical arm? What is going on here? There is some crazy shit going on. I don't want $30 off YouTube TV. YouTube. Suck a, suck a dick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, this is a comedy sketch. I figured comedia a go is the name of this uh, YouTube channel. It's a winner of the 2008 Filmmaking Frenzy Unnecessary Sequels Contest. Damn it. Uh, so, uh, a trailer for the highly anticipated sequel to is Sylvester Stallone. Classic Lincoln Hawk's son, Mike Hawk, is rock hard. That's right, rock hard and eager to follow in his father's footsteps in this new generation of arm wrestling. Ooh, and it's, you can visit uh, www.filmmakingfrenzy.com for more details and more awesome killer shorts. Written and produced by a Comedia Agogo in August of 2008. Uh, this is from a, a bit ago. A bit ago. This is uh Does it have sound? Oh, there we go. Here's a soldier. Mike Hawk's a soldier. I guess Afghanistan? What is it supposed to be? Hawk, watch out! Yeah. Lieutenant Michael Hawk. <laughs> I guess I he got hit arm, by an ID. Sorry. No. Iron Man-ish. Iron Man-ish. <laughs> well, if it isn't Mike only. it's been a long time. You're all I got. I'm your best friend. He doesn't look That's anything like Stallone. <laughs> He's missing an arm. He lost so, an arm in the battle. Have I guess. you thought about what you're going to do now that you're <clears throat> back? I was thinking about starting a family business again, but I don't know what I could do now. There's your answer right there. Cyberflex, the world's leader in cybernetic enhancements, profits oh, continue to rise Cyberarm. as it seems they have their hands in almost everything. Cyberflex Systems owns 997 of all cybernetic enhancements in the world, and no one will stop our company from rising to the top. This is very low quality fun fact. Hey. Oh, love story. Hey, there's you take good care of my daughter. Hey. You were my dad's mechanic for 20 years. You can trust me. You can't just walk away. I don't have an arm. What would your father say <laughs> if he saw you giving up like this? <laughs> I don't have you an arm. You may have lost your arm, but you didn't lose your heart. The world meets nobody halfway. Do you understand what that oh, means? Yeah. If you want it, Mike, you got to take it. I want to remake this trailer. This I feel time like, they're back again for more. They could do much better. This year's Cyberflex arm wrestling competition seems to be a clash of the titans. I need a big favor. Name I need you to make me an arm. I thought you said it was a big face. <laughs> Mechanic. <laughs> He's just. We like working Faster and just plain badass. Oh, With this is a nice one. With my electro elbow assembly, you'll tear those sissy cyberflex arms apart. What are the odds on my cock? Twenty to one. Gotta have balls of it on my cock. Put it all on him. You Lincoln Hawk, son? Your father was probably the greatest arm wrestler. If people find out that (laughs) Cyberflex arms are inferior, our stocks will plummet. Make sure we do everything it takes to stop my cock from entering the arm wrestling tournament. You ain't winning nothing, pal. If he wants my arm, he's gotta take it himself. Winner takes it all, loser takes the fall. Now I have something to fight for. He's got the hat on backwards. Joe Grande. Oh, they're all cyber arms. This is a whole new league. Over. Action goes over. The top. I'm going to put you through a world of hurt, little man. I don't think so. Ready? Go. Over the top. The rise Are you sure of robots. Arms not the only thing made out of Hmm. Does he have a penis too? I don't think he lost it doesn't really specify what he loses there from the yeah. <laughs> The explosive device, whatever the hell hits them, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's very low budget there. I mean, uh, they uh, just kind of have a flash of light. So I'm, I'm not really sure what happened at the end there. But uh, <laughs> I, I wish they would have had it. I That's not like a funnier die. The funnier die would have uh, had, I guess, a little bit more production value. I feel like they could have done better. They just had a little bit of money. A little bit of... Maybe somebody to edit better. They should have some classic 80s songs in there, even though it's not really based in the 80s. That one, I guess, was supposed to take place in 2008 or so. As Mike Hawk is... That would be about the age of Mike Hawk, I guess. He looked to be about in his 20s as he's going to war there. uh, I feel like... (laughs) I, would, uh, I still now that I'm watching that and really thinking about it, like man they could they could really they could really do a sequel to that you know. I need some answers to what exactly the the Lincoln Hawk story and why the fuck he left his son. He never gives a concrete one hundred percent answer. He's just kind of hey, you know you your granddad I lose you, you know. <laughs> doesn't really doesn't really get into detail. You leave me hanging Hawk. You leave me hanging. But yeah, uh, since I've been uh, reading the uh, Save the Cat, though, I have been uh, trying to watch some classic films. I went through uh, Total Recall, the Arnold, of course, the OG Total Recall, and holy shit, that movie still holds up. That's so fantastic. Still have yet to watch the reboot. I feel like I don't need to watch it, though, because Paul Verhoeven did such a good, t- good job on the OG Total Recall. Which was based on a short story by the legendary author Philip K. Dick, which is such a—it sounds like such a profanity-laced uh, name. Or I mean, Dick is the only thing in there <laughs> profanity-wise, but I mean, it sounds like a porn star's name or something. It's uh, <laughs> Philip K. Dick. <laughs> I don't think Philip Dick sounds like better than I don't know why the K's got to be in there. It's just you know the writer thing. You got to have a in middle initial, Philip K. Dick. It's like he need he's doing something to his dick. I don't know what it is. It's ing it K-ing all over that dick. Uh, he also, of course, wrote Blade Runner and uh, the book Man in the High Castle, which they went on to make a series on on Amazon uh, Prime, and uh, it's it's not bad. I watched the series. I tried to read the book. Sadly, I couldn't get into it. It was just uh, I've got the damn thing, but uh, I don't know. I. <laughs> Wasn't feeling the book. And I do love some World War II and the idea of, like, Nazis winning and everything and to see what that uh, dystopian, uh, I wouldn't say future, as it's not the future now. It takes place, I guess, in the 80s or so, the book. I don't remember what generation, 70s, 80s. I guess 80s. Uh, But uh, alternate reality. And then it goes all Marvel. The show. I don't know about the book. I don't know how the book ends because I never finished the fucking thing. But I know the show goes all like multiverse, uh, as where it, they find out that they're like, "Oh hey, Americans won. The Allies won in this other reality." It's a it's a good show though. As uh, uh, I now I'm trying to remember how it wins. I I'm going to spoil it, but how it ends if uh. I guess they end up destroying the Nazis somehow. <laughs> I know Hitler di- does die in the series. There is that, but Total Recall, though, holy shit, so fucking classic. Oh, so classic. Arnold's so good in it, and uh, the whole the whole premise. You know, I was bitching, I guess, a, a few weeks ago how I uh, or fairly recently about how I drives me nuts in a lot of movies. At least there for a while, there was a, a bunch of movies like Shutter Island, uh, Inception, and stuff, where they don't give you a concrete ending. It's like, ooh, what really did happen? Was this real? Was this not real? Total Recall does that, but I'm totally fine with it in Total Recall. I think that is well done-wise, well, like, because in it, you're not sure if it's a dream or if it's a uh, reality. Like, this is reality. I, I love... How they did in Total Recall. I feel that. That's how you should do it. Paul Verhoeven. You did well, sir. Not that I need to tell you that. I think you know that. I mean, uh, RoboCop was fucking fantastic, too. Robo- RoboCop, Total Recall, and then, uh, of course, uh, Super Troop. or not Super Troopers, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. He didn't do Super Troopers. He's not, he's not a part of Broken Lizard. Uh, But... uh. <laughs> the uh God damn it <laughs> Starship Troopers, yeah, let me think that one through. <laughs> he also did that one that's an entertaining movie uh I, my my buddy toddy of course is a is a fan of that one is uh that's the movie that made him join the military, which seems a bit crazy if you're gonna watch a crazy movie about military, I think like stripes is a much better one to watch and then sign up for. Apparently, I believe that's what drove Maynard James Keenan from Tool to go into the uh, military, which is, of course, where he got the nickname Maynard. And uh, Tool, this is why why he went with Tool, uh, I believe it has to do with the military as well. Uh, But uh, (laughs) Starship Troopers seems like an odd one to choose that because it's... uh, Really, like, the movie's very anti-war if you really dig deep into the the, uh, the thing of it. And it's all about uh, the propaganda of war and such. And also, they're just killing aliens. These alien bugs. That's what they're doing. And uh, the great Neil Patrick fucking Harris is in it. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, not too long after Doogie Howser, M.D., you know? He was uh, doing some surgery, and then he becomes a telekinetic person using mine stuff in the military <laughs> killing bugs. <laughs> uh, but total recall though, I think, you know, if I had to pick a Paul Verhoeven though, is the number one RoboCop, I think is over total recall. Cause I just fucking love RoboCop. That's so fucking good. Especially that first one. Second one, still very much good, but that first one I'd buy that for a dollar. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, I, I other than that though, I mean, I, I've gone through. I mean, I watched that, and it's still, still so good. Uh, and the way it holds up. But I, I'm gonna say, whew, it's hard to say. But I, I'm going to rule that it wasn't a dream. It was reality. Uh, side note on the Total Recall because it, when he goes, if you're un- somehow unfamiliar with Total Recall, <laughs> if you have not watched this gem. Uh, of course, it starts out, Arnold is a construction worker, he's married to Sharon Stone, just like, he goes, you know, he works, long day, comes home, and just, you know, hangs out with a wife, basically, is what's going on there, and uh, he says, that, talks to Sharon Stone about he wants to go to Mars, we should go to Mars, you know, we should go to Mars, let's go on vacation, go to Mars, and uh, <laughs> she tells him that's crazy, you know, why the fuck do you want to go to Mars? And then he's seeing all these commercials for recall, which they implant fake memories in your head. So it's like, you can go on vacation, but it's all in your head. They say it feels like real memories. And, uh, so he, and he's talking to his buddy at work that says like, no, what about that guy? They, uh, (laughs) fucked up his brain, you know, (laughs) became a vegetable and all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) the bottomized or whatever, um, so, after even that, he ends up going to recall, and then they sell him on the secret agent package. And then you see that he go, he gets put under, and then uh, you see the picture of the girl that he would meet later, Milena. Milena! And, uh, of course, he had dreams of before, before he went to recall, he had dreams of Milena on Mars, so obviously, this woman was already in his head. Maybe he knew her. Maybe it was already in his dreams. It's hard to say. I'm gonna say he already knew her. But then, he, of course, he goes to recall, and then before they can implant the memories in his head, he like uh, it awakens the other part of his ha- uh, brain there because uh, Quaid is his name in the in the beginning, and uh, Hauser is his, I guess, original. ID is the like recall that implanted made him into this other person that he was Quaid. <laughs> and then, uh, of course the craziness ensues craziness ensues. And there's all these signs to point to where, oh, is this really a dream? Is this the recall adventure that they were promising the secret agent? I mean, they show you, uh, Mars artifacts, technology, and, uh, blue skies on Mars. They mention that. Of course, they have a picture of Milena on the screen when they're talking about what type of woman, woman he's into. And, of course, it's nothing like his wife. <laughs> Which, at the time, Sharon Stone, very attractive woman at the time. Very amazingly. She was like uh, the sex pot of uh, that time period. As uh, I believe that was, that might have been before Basic Instinct. It was right around the same time as Basic Instinct. I'm not sure on the time Timeline on that, but yeah, she was, uh, she was all the, the rage as far as that is concerned. And, uh, but yet Arnold, not, not very interested in that. And he's like, yeah, fuck. It. I don't know what kind of accent I was trying to go for there, but he's like, uh, he picks uh brunette and he wants to slutty. <laughs> uh, Paul Verhoeven. Uh, but, um, but yeah and uh then of course but i i i want to just be on the record though i'm saying it was a reality there was this really did happen and i'm just going to base it all on the one scene where the guy from the commercials on recall visits arnold on mars and uh tries to take him give him the matrix sort of situation where he's giving him a pill to like come out of it and uh arnold puts the pill in his mouth of course doesn't swallow and he notices a bead of sweat run down the recall guy's forehead to really insinuate that oh shit this is real he's not because it's supposed to be like basically the computer's going in and going like oh this is your warning trying to tell you to get out (laughs) and then of course the bead of sweat is like oh no this shit is real yo shoots the guy in the head spits the pill out there we go it's fucking on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I'm thinking that scene to me states that it wasn't a recall implant. This wasn't a recall. Im- <laughs> but uh, I think that shit's done well. Uh, Inception, I thought it was like, you're trying too hard. You're trying too, too hard. <laughs> uh, with that being said, though, I was reading, of course, the uh, Save the Cat and... Uh, the guy blake snyder uh who wrote it kind of shits on like uh movies not not total recall but uh movies that don't follow your normal structure and that people talk about like oh now what about this this is a unique idea and he really shits all over memento which is another christopher nolan film which i thought was a good movie it didn't do much as far as gross is concerned but it was a, a good idea and i think that uh when he shit all over Memento, he can look at that. Well, Christopher Nolan did do some really large movies after that. And Memento was <laughs> what got him there. So take that Blake Schneider, <laughs> Blake Schneider though. He seems to know what he's talking about when it comes to format, structure, all that. But you know, his, uh, one thing that he keeps bringing up in that book is blank check, which is an all right movie. It's a kid's movie, but he's bringing up a lot of movies that are like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely just like if you want a commercial movie, that kind of idea. I mean, I I want to think outside the box a little bit. I'm cool with structure. I think you need just some structure in there. But uh, I did, oh, man. Speaking of uh, thinking outside the box, I was watching another thing that really got me jazzed to where I need to feel like I need to finish a script of some sort, whether or not it ever fucking goes anywhere other than my computer or my my table. <laughs> Just uh print it out and then throw it on the table. But just to say I finished a screenplay, that would be an achievement in life, I believe. But um I was watching a final draft, uh, Lifetime Award for Quentin Tarantino. And damn, that was a good really good speech. He talks about uh being inspired by another uh screenwriter and uh his when he worked at the uh video store and uh I guess it was in L.A. Because that was really his uh, film school. He was working in a video rental store. And uh, <laughs> that's, of course, when he wrote the screenplay for uh, True Romance. That was his first ever screenplay that he uh, wrote. Um, he Well, with that he finished. He brings up in the speech that he... Uh, Tried several times, like, from an early age. But it was just, like, copying other films, basically, like, ripoffs of those films. I don't remember what films. But he would never finish, like, the screenplay, which I, too, have done that. I have tried writing screenplays. I tried to do a ripoff of True Romance, a sort of ripoff that I had. And that was, like, the furthest I ever got with the screenplay. And I was young. I was really young. I was, like, 20 at the time. And... (laughs) It, uh, I got burned out on the idea. The whole premise of that one was that, uh, my cousin who, uh, passed away last year, unfortunately, Chris, he was, uh, working at a, uh, army surplus store at the time. And it, it I don't remember what the initial light bulb moment was for the idea, but I, I thought that like, uh. People would uh, somehow come with the idea that uh, <laughs> uh, there was a get-rich-quick scheme that uh, some some friends had uh, one needed some money for whatever reason, and they decided they were going to rip off these drug dealers. Which kind of like True Romance, like uh, un- although Christian Slater in True Romance unwittingly rips off. The drug dealer. He's just trying to get his uh, girlfriend, that's a prostitute, away from this pimp. He's just also doing a major coke deal. Um, but <laughs> the the premise of this particular movie was they were going to go through and uh, steal. Well, they they go to an army surplus store and like get you know some gear to make it look like they're ATF agents or something along the lines of that, uh, or DEA, some something of that nature and then uh proceed to go real uh, rob drug dealers and uh just take their shit and then run off with it but uh in the end they were all going to die that was <laughs> it was very tarantino inspired uh i it wanted the shit to go real wrong um but i i had a lot i had worked on with that but it was a, it was very much like a rip off on True romance, but I never finished it. And but listening to Tarantino talk and he He of course <laughs> did several screenplays like that and then he never finished them until he did True Romance. And now I knew that uh like he had written this while working at the video store and kind of a backstory before. But it was it was interesting watching him do the speech and he said he hand wrote the whole fucking thing out on paper <laughs> The whole script. And he said it was just a massive thing of paper. It was like beyond Moby Dick, like the size of this thing when he put it together. He actually said it was like two scripts in one. It was Natural Born Killers and True Romance because in the original script, Clarence Worley, uh, Christian Slater's character, is writing. He's also a screen uh, screenwriter which they, they do not have in the final film in the True Romance. He's not a screenwriter. He just works at a comic book shop. Um, but in the original script, he's writing the screenplay for Natural Born Killers, and in the middle of these scenes of True Romance, you get scenes from Natural Born Killers, which I found is a very interesting idea. But anyways, <laughs> Tarantino just wrote this out, and he said it's like very sloppily just written and just wrote the whole fucking thing. And he had given to one person to read. It was his friend that also worked at the video store, which I I guess he still works with him. I I the friend's name I, I I'm just not <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, but uh, he had his friend read. He read the whole thing cover to cover, and then typed the whole thing out. <laughs> and then Tarantino swears like if he had never. Had he not typed that thing out for him, then, like, he would probably not be making movies <laughs> today. But the whole speech, I mean, it just gave me just, like, ooh. Man, I I don't know that it'll ever, like, be able to chance to, like, sell a screenplay or anything like that. But, man, I should at least finish one. That would be great because I was always interested in making movies and, and, and writing screenplays and such. But uh, it's definitely something I need to, like, push through. And then, uh, but yeah, with all that knowledge, I've also gone back and I started watching, uh, American Werewolf in London, which is the John Landis classic from 1981, the year I was born, side note, uh, also the movie in which, uh, I want to say, don't quote me on this, I feel like this is true, (laughs) Michael Jackson saw that, and decided he wanted to make Thriller, and got John Landis to do, uh thriller and then uh the um i forget the uh, makeup effects artist that worked on on uh on that but uh it was groundbreaking as it, it's, it's some, still some pretty decent uh makeup if you go back and watch that film but they if you go to com, i believe it is they've got uh <coughs> they break out the beats as they call it of the uh that film, and they've got other films. And I was that's considered the monster in the house genre, as most horror movies are considered like monster in the house. Uh, but uh, I wanted to watch that so I could get an idea of how to really structure things properly. And unfortunately, I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet. <laughs> but goddamn, like the main character, don't recall his name in the film, I, it's been forever since probably I was a kid since I watched that film. Uh, but he, his buddy gets attacked by the werewolf. And he looks over and then immediately just runs like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Like doesn't try to help him at all. And then after his friend's like already dead, like, oh, fuck, I better go back and help my buddy. Runs back and then gets attacked by the werewolf himself. And he's like, you you kind of had that coming, buddy. You could have pr- possibly prevented your friend from dying there. But, uh <laughs> still still a classic classic movie, but uh hopefully I gets uh, some stuff written. I don't know if it'll be an over the top two sequel <laughs> that seems like a uh kind of a worthless uh writing uh assignment you know I mean I'm not worthless, I guess it would just be good for uh, you know beating out getting the beats right, getting the structure. And everything, but then it's not like I could turn around and sell that fucker. Um, <laughs> that would be a guarantee that this movie's not going anywhere. It would be entertaining, though. It would be entertaining, and if I could ever just do like a short YouTube video on it, that'd be great. And do something a little bit more high quality than the video I pulled up on the Rise of Mike Hawk. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, good old Mike Hawk. I feel like they didn't really need to go with the the cyber arm. They didn't need didn't need that. Cuz they didn't have a very good budget. They didn't have it to it was just they put black uh like sp- not spandex isn't quite the right word, but you know, uh, dry fit material like the ar- under armor stuff like on his arm to make it look like ooh, he's got a cyber arm and put like some pads on there. <laughs> They should have they gone, like, I, I would have maybe gone <laughs> old school Incredible Hawk if I'm going to go, like, low budget like that and make it look like a cybernetic arm. Uh, I think I'd go and just paint it silver. Maybe put some lines. Maybe try to find a friend that's, like, good with, like, art and, like, a little painting on there. I feel like I, I know some artistic people that could do a good job on paying it and make a cybernetic a robotic arm. I feel like that I could have done that, and that uh, it still looked cheesy. But uh, I don't know. Just just spitballing ideas there. Um, uh, oh, I did have. Uh, I I might be getting banned from Facebook soon. <laughs> mm. I had. Uh, uh, a couple of days ago, I got a message from Facebook, or a notification rather, saying that one of my posts uh, <laughs> had inappropriate content and uh, that it was would no longer be able to be shown, that no one would see it. So I'm guessing somebody went like on a deep dive on my Facebook page and flagged something because this post was from 2016. We're talking five years ago, and uh, they deemed now it's inappropriate. Like, oh thanks for that, and apparently, if I get another one post like that, then I might get banned <laughs> so and if they're they're picking stuff from five years ago, they could go back to the OG posts, which knowing me there could be something if they they could find that was inappropriate and ban that um, I don't remember if I have any posts about necromantic, but I might <laughs> I could see that German. Necrophilia porn, not really porn necrophilia movie <laughs> love story, I don't know what you want to call that horror slash love story uh that might be able to get me banned. I feel like that's worse than what I actually posted that got me into some trouble there, but i I could have fought it they uh you get the option to either agree with it, accept it or like dispute it. I was like, accept it, I don't give a shit, whatever, uh. After I did, I was like, "Damn it! I should have disputed it because, like, fuck you guys. I don't think it's a, that inappropriate to post. It was a meme for Christ's sakes. It was a, it was the classic meme from, I guess at the time, 2016. Must have been a thing. I'm looking at the picture right now here. It is, if you're familiar at all, with the awesome horror movie, Human Centipede." <laughs> Uh this it's this picture of uh <laughs> the people reenacting, I guess, human centipede and they are uh, laid out on the floor and it says there's Reese's peanut butter cups laying out and packets of Reese's pieces and it says there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's and it claims that there's like nudity in there. And there's no nudity. There's well, I mean, you don't see the uh dicks, tits or vaginas. So, I mean, you see some skin, but is it really considered nudity? I mean, you can see, you get the impression that people's heads are <laughs> up to your asses, but you don't actually see their heads in the asses. I think this is debatable. I think you're fucking wrong, Facebook. I think you're wrong. And at the time, it was a big meme. And apparently, the meme was wrong. Apparently, there is a wrong way to eat Reese's, and according to Facebook, and. I'm gonna go with still though. I don't. I don't think there's a wrong way to eat Reese's. So, cause I think you just. I think there's a best way to do it though. You freeze those fuckers in the freezer, then you eat them. That is when Reese's is its best. Of course, you freeze it, then eat it while you're part of a human centipede. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Fuck you, Facebook. Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck you for. Saying my human centipede and Reese's is wrong. Fuck you, Mr. Zuckerberg. (laughs) Fuck you in the ass. I hope you become a part of a human centipede one day and realize how beautiful they really are. I mean, I don't want you to die or anything like that, to wish that on you, but to become part of that human centipede just for a little bit so you can really come to respect the human centipede, and the art that it is. And not as this horrible profanity that is distorting people's minds. (laughs) It's just funny to me that they chose something from like five years ago, and yet I could just blast all kinds of shit on there about conspiracies, about vaccinations, and everything, about they're killing people and making it everything, and I would be fine. There would be no. They might put a tag on there. This is not legit information. Maybe, sort of. But I'd be fine. Be totally fine with that. I wouldn't be. No strikes against me. Although I think they've gotten some people for that stuff here lately. But no, this human centipede meme gets me in trouble. Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck you, sir. Fuck you in the ass. Not that I'm bitter. Not that I'm bitter at all. Ah, but uh, but hey, I do have uh, I do have an extra day off um, Tuesday. I wish I would have taken off Monday as well. I'm uh, recording this on Saturday as I always do, um, but I only have Sunday off. That's usually how it is. Next week apparently I get Saturday off as well, but I have Tuesday off because it is Shelley's birthday. Don't know exactly what we're going to do yet. We had thought about going to see the Foo Fighters and stuff, but uh, tickets were really expensive. That's not happening. I'd try, I'll try. i have to get a hold of Shelly tomorrow or something. I tried to get a hold of him earlier, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll hit up Dave and Buster's, just see a movie, play some tummy sticks. I don't know. We'll do something <laughs> for his birthday. And next week, of course, uh, is... The Washington Town and Country Fair. And apparently I'm going to that. As Muffin Man, who is heading to Florida actually tomorrow. Uh, he's getting back from Florida next Friday. But Saturday we're supposed to go to the fair. Wasn't real looking, planning on going to the fair. As uh just don't really care for it much anymore. And I was, I think since they uh, they got bought out by another uh, company. I don't know if bought out's the right Somebody else does it now. Originally, it was the Lowry family, carnival family, whatever, that ran it. And I feel like they had better rides. It was just better stuff going on during the fair. Maybe it's just because I enjoyed it when I was a kid. I don't don't really give a fuck about it as an adult. I stopped giving a fuck, though, before this other company took over on it. But I was really disappointed the last time I went. I was like, there's just not as much shit as there used to be. And the ticket prices are like Double. <laughs> what they were like 10 years ago. So uh, not really too looking forward to going to that, but I do enjoy, still enjoy, they have really good food there. Um, they've got the the classic ice cream sandwiches with the, uh, it's just like a block of vanilla ice cream, but then they have the waffle bun, as it were, of the sandwich that puts it over the fucking top. They've got good brats, uh there's a funnel cake that's you know funnel cakes just i I don't know that I've ever had a bad funnel cake, but of course they usually have like some some good toppings and throw some shit on there but they've got they've got good food that's what i uh go over there i'll I'll have to get some good good eats I'll get me some brats and i guess an ice cream sandwich but it's gonna cost like thirty five dollars just for that one day. As we're going to go on Saturday. And ZZ Top, I believe, is still going to be there, even though, the unfortunately, their uh, their bass player just passed away. I believe their guitar tech is supposed to be taking over for the show. Um, and sadly, too, not only did uh, did he pass away, but the drummer for, the original drummer, that is, for uh, Slipknot, Joey Dor- Jordison, can't speak, Joey Jordison, passed away at 46, man, only six years older than me. Um, still, not a word on what uh, uh, how he passed. And uh, but holy shit, I was I don't know like a oh, a whole lot about like what goes on behind the scenes with Slipknot. I've listened to a lot of their music, which I like a lot of it. Joey was a fucking phenomenal drummer, I know that. But <laughs> I was seeing the other day that uh, he apparently had a jar with a dead crow in it. They had it so long that, like, it became just like a gelatin. Like, it was fucking disgusting. And during shows, they would open it up and, like, fucking the band members would huff it. (laughs) A lot of times would end up puking, which apparently that's, like, an initiation thing for Slipknot is they're going to end up puking in their their masks. Like, everybody ends up puking. And most of the time, I guess in every show, somebody's going to end up puking, if not all of them uh but uh and they would originally they would never clean their masks and everything but anyway this crow in a jar sounded really fucking awful and uh they would huff that stuff and i guess one show apparently they had tossed the jar out to the audience and then somebody opened the jar and ate it like that's fucked up man <laughs> they ate crow ate a dead crow that was just like this gelatinous, putrid, fucking disease-infested jar. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that person is alive today. Maybe it gave him, it was a shock to the immune system, or, you know, it, it could have been a shock to the immune system and built up his immune system. It was like, ooh, this may have barely survived that, but then gave him, like, some sort of superpowers. Or that could have been the patient zero for the coronavirus. I'm not sure. <laughs> Something awful transpired there, <laughs> something very awful, but holy shit, and uh, man, there was a like a nine-year-old kid, eight or nine-year-old kid that's on YouTube that does a lot of Joey's drum parts on there, and he fucking nails that shit, especially for a nine-year-old. I'm sure he doesn't hit every note and stuff, but the, I mean, still, I'm pretty, most of what I saw, it looked like he was... doing a pretty damn fucking amazing job. But, uh, holy shit, that kid, and he looks freaky in the, (laughs) in the Joey costume and all that. And, uh, they, I know he was at least at one Slipknot show. I've seen, uh, cause somebody on Twitter had, I believe it was Twitter is how they found out about this kid. And they had him at least at one show and they had him backstage and everything. And like, that's, that kid's gonna end up totally being Slipknot's drummer at one point. <laughs> it could be. It could be soon. As Joey, he uh, unfortunately he had to stop drumming for Slipknot. In, I want to say 2012, 2013, something like that, because he had some some disease. And again, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what exactly it was, but he w- could not drum. He had to go through a bunch of physical therapy, I guess, for a couple of years or something like that, and to be able to like r- really work out to try to be. To get to where he could play drums again, but after slim out though he had uh he had drummed with uh, rob zombie and uh john five, who's a really fucking good guitar player he's i th- believe he uh, his first big thing i think he was in Marilyn Manson's band originally or at least i don't know originally but one of his early gigs that john five is he's a really good guitar player his uh he's got a lot of youtube videos out there. And uh, that's good stuff to check out. Um, and so, uh, thankfully, though, on a, on a uh, more upbeat note, uh, there is some good news with Bob Odenkirk. As uh, a couple of days ago, of course, Bob Odenkirk from Mister Show is where he got was first real big uh, break, as far as people knowing who Bob Odenkirk was. He was a writer on SNL before that. Um but he's he's got quite the comedic chops as he went on to become the lawyer in uh, Breaking Bad, M- uh, one Mr. Saul Goodman, or as we would come to find out in Better Call Saul, Jimmy McGill, that would turn into Saul Goodman. He, of course, um, collapsed on set while uh, filming the final and sixth season of uh, Better Call Saul. The... Uh, I guess I don't know if it's the last episode that they're recording what what uh, how far along they are are, 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 are. <laughs> I'm a fucking pirate anyway how far along they are in production I'm not sure but he collapsed and uh, apparently had a heart attack and uh it was the only thing that came out there for a couple of days was that he was in the hospital and that he had some kind of heart situation that he collapsed and there was something about the heart but apparently i guess he did have a heart attack and they're saying he's good now he's he's uh he's he's talking to people now and it's good we're good bob odenkirk's all right so that's <laughs> that's some good news i'm excited for that last season of uh better call saul and just you know i like me some bob odenkirk i'm a fan He's a he's a funny dude. He's good on podcasts. He's uh did on comedy Bang Bang a few times, and uh, I mean shit. I mean he's just he's fucking Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I still haven't seen uh was it Mister Nobody or or whatever it is where he's the action action star of that one. I need I need to watch that. I'm kind of waiting for it to just show up on like fucking Netflix or something though. Although I did see I could rent it fairly cheap on I think it was Voodoo. For like, I don't know, six bucks or something like that. I think it was six bucks to rent on Vudu. Don't quote me on that. But, I, I'll i pay six bucks. I don't want to like, initially you could uh, get like a premiere access on HBO Max or something like that for like $20. And I'm like, I didn't want to pay $20 just to see it like once. <laughs> I mean, I might consider buying it if I can re-watch it for that kind of money. But I need to really watch my money right now. It's that's not a real big priority is watching Mr. Nobody. I can just go back and watch Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul from my Odenkirk fix. Or there's the uh, Bob and Dave, I guess is the name of the show. It's basically Mr. Show, but it's Netflix had, a, I think, just one season with uh, with those two where they were doing sketch comedy on there. But, of course, that is on Netflix. And shit, that's so good. So good that the man is still in there. Still in the game. See, I was more concerned that uh Mike Ehrman trout character uh, the character Mike Ehrman Trout <laughs> the I mean he's looking old. I mean he is old. Um his name fucking eludes me. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. But uh he he's getting old. It's harder to he's supposed to be like younger in Better Call Saul. And for the most part, Better Call Saul. Odenkirk looks younger. They did a good job on the makeup on him for the most part. Uh but you know, Airman Trout looks older. It's harder to fucking to make him look younger at this point. He is pretty old at this point. I'm not really sure how let's see, uh Jonathan Banks, that's his real name. As uh, I love me some Jonathan Banks, but uh, <laughs> it really kind of takes me out a little. I mean, it doesn't take me out too much. I love me some Better Call Saul, but he is re- whoa, born in '47, so yeah, <laughs> he's a bit up there, bit up there, um, old old man. As whereas Better Call Saul is supposed to be, I guess, what in the '90s. <laughs> And it's now twenty twenty one. He's he's a little bit older than what he's supposed to be. <laughs> just just slightly. I mean everybody is. But when it's it's a little hard to I would imagine Jonathan Banks looked a lot different in the nineties than he does now. I'm just gonna throw it I didn't Well yeah, I'm looking at pictures from him from back in the day. I mean he was a good looking dude. Here in some westerns. Uh I forgot he was in Community, too. There's, uh... I mean, at least in Breaking Bad, he already looks kind of old in Breaking Bad. Uh, but, uh... Whoa, there's... <laughs> it's funny just looking at... I just imagine him all the time now as Mike Ehrmantraut, that's just ruthless, cold-blooded fucking killer. That, uh, it's funny to see him in, in uh, not-so-serious of roles just the pictures the stills or just seeing him with hair this is freaking me out enough this is a <laughs> oh there's a cake with his head on it that's freaky shit freaky diggy diggy but anyway i th- i was concerned with that i mean he's he's getting old he's getting old i was afraid about him. i didn't expect odenkirk odenkirk has been like working out i mean he got uh taking care of himself I thought uh, he was looking good he's looking nice and trim didn't think that he would have the health issues that was a surprise that was a real surprise and thankfully as of right now it looks like he's good it looks like he's gonna be alright you know that's, oh, that's one bummer thing with uh, one thing that will completely kill a show like that I mean he is the titular character he's the head of the show he is Saul in Better Call Saul You can't just replace Saul in the show. I think the show just ends if Odenkirk can't do it. I think the show has to end. You can't. I mean, let's like CG do some awful CG and have somebody do a Odenkirk voice. You know the you know shows with like uh, there was the Spartacus show on Stars, which there was the original actor. I don't remember his name. There's a documentary that follows the last year or two of his life, but. He had, uh, was it non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I think? And he was I mean, he was mid-early 30s, something like that, and was just jacked, fucking super jacked. Kind of reminds me of uh, Chadwick Bozeman, who also passed away from cancer that nobody knew he fucking had, except for maybe some close uh, family. But uh, the guy that uh, was in Spartacus passed, and they did end up recasting Spartacus. Actually while he was still alive, they had somebody else do it while he was battling for his life. Um that one worked out okay, <laughs> but it wasn't like the character had been there for years. There was only like a season with the original actor. And even though he was the main character, there was a very much an ensemble cast, although Better Call saw very much an ensemble cast Bob Wooden-Kirk, obviously not the only one in there. Everybody in there is just fucking knocking it out of the park, um, from the top down. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I they still can't. You can't get. Re, you can't replace Saul Goodman. That's just not, just not happening. Stay in there, Bob. Fucking fucking shit. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to, go to the fair next week, so that'll. <laughs> Uh, I I haven't really looked at the weather yet. I don't know that it's going to be real accurate at the moment, but usually the fair, not only do I not care about as an adult, like the first few years I was able to go there as an adult and get drunk in public. That was kind of exciting. But once that faded, (laughs) it was like, okay, I don't care anymore. Maybe I'll go and then just jump on a couple of rides and then be like, all right, I'm done. It's fucking hot. It's usually obscenely hot there or it's fucking raining really bad. And it's just like the weather just sucks nowadays. When I was a kid, the weather was usually great. <laughs> but that was, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, but it does look like it's it's going to be warm, but not obscenely warm. Unfortunately, Saturday is going to be the warmer day <laughs> at 91 for the high. Uh, Wednesday would probably be the best day to go, the high of only 82. But uh doesn't say anything about rain at the moment. <laughs> Uh, so maybe maybe it won't be completely miserable. Um, I will have to I guess do the show Friday night, just kind of knock it out. As we get ready to uh, I can just spend all day at the fair, whatever, and uh, hang out with the old the old Shelly, Shelly Longa, and the and the Muffin Man, and uh, maybe see some uh, other people I haven't seen in forever. And uh and, and all that jazz. So that'll be good times, good times. Ah, Angry Orchard right there. Not a sponsor, but uh I drink it quite often on the podcast. It's usually just one or two that I have these days, but you know, it makes me feel okay. Gives me that little refreshing feel as uh Back in the day, I used to uh, knock back the PBR, Pabst Blue Ribbon. In the first season of the, I don't know if you want to call it the season, the first year of the podcast, uh, Shelly and I would knock back bottles of PBR so we could, of course, get the uh, playing cards that they had on each bottle cap. We collected, we had to go through a lot of beers before we could get all the full deck of cards because they had each, you know, the ace of spades, everything. There was different ones on the top of the bottles. And you could only get bottles of PBR in a few <laughs> locations. <laughs> so it was a real challenge. It was a real work in progress. And we finally got all the things, and I don't know if Shelley still has those. Probably not. But we never played, like, cards, tried to make some kind of game with it. <laughs> it, it was a lot of beer, though. We had a lot of beer early on <laughs> with that. That was the only way I could get on a microphone which I don't really need anymore. Well, I mean, I did. I, I got on the actual radio without getting drunk. Uh before that with quick little score updates and stuff while working in radio, but doing a long-form podcast early on, it felt like I had to had to have a little bit of a little bit of the booze. Now I may or may not have some Angry Orchard or something, but uh I definitely not in not knocking back like 5 or 6 of these fuckers. <laughs> that was that was definitely something that had to be done early days of the podcast. Although I feel like maybe if I go back there like, ooh, maybe I should drink more or I will just be completely embarrassed like holy fuck. That is terrible. That is How did I ever continue doing this? This is <laughs> This is nonsense. Uh, I know I wouldn't go want to go back and see a lot of my drunken behavior. Whenever I used to get real fucking drunk. And uh, I don't think it would be very good. (laughs) Had some fun times though. Fun, fun times. And uh, I think... I'm trying to think if there was something... I feel like there was a bunch of things I wanted to talk about tonight. I think I pretty much covered most of them. Uh. It'll uh, it'll all come back to me after, I, I hit stop. There's always like, oh man, like it sucks because like d- throughout the week, which I I never liked to just take notes on things, which would probably help if I'm just like, ooh, yes, this would be an awesome topic to talk of. I could talk about this for eight hours. Um, there's oftentimes shit I think of throughout the week that's like this is this is the show, but it'll be like Tuesday or something. So by the time Saturday rolls around, it's gone and. <laughs> It's it's nowhere to be found. And then once I record the, the the show, then it comes back to me and it's like, oh fuck. That's what it was. Fish dicks. I was gonna talk about fish dicks. <laughs> uh I must be a gay fish. Um <laughs> But you know, something along the lines of that, yeah. Always just uh yeah. <laughs> I'm putting in a lot of effort here. Uh but yeah, I guess that's all I've got. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.